This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, you guys. Well, you guys know what that music means. Welcome into Playing It Forward, our weekly podcast. We kind of previewed this last week. It was just, it was just kind of a. We're just talking to right. be talking. It's kind of just what we do, right? right? Not very constructive, and we got to thinking about legacies and this this good group of of athletes that's coming. Um, that's been the quality coaching, and a lot of quality coaches that are actually coaching. Their own kiddos, yeah. right? Like, what's in the water? So uh, we went to work and and found a really good group as uh, my host, Mike Sauter. Did Co- you co-host? Did, co-host. Did you? Did you? Dr- we dress the same. Did you send me a memo? Not on purpose. Nike. That's yeah. I'm rarely a Nike guy, uh, but that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm about that three stripe life too. We a <laughs> fantastic. We'll do this in parts, right? right. We kind of joked. Maybe we. At first, we thought we could do it in three parts. This may be closer to six. Right. Um, because there's a lot of people. And th- I don't think anybody else is doing this anywhere and can get this this quality uh, group. But uh, we've got a, we got a fantastic bunch, right? Right. No prepared questions. Well, you should have. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. In no particular order, we've got Josh Lutke, the head coach of Omaha Creighton Prep, uh, a multi-time state championship title winner. Uh, has coached his son, Kyle. Uh, we've got Alvin Mitchell, who uh, has got his own success story as a, as a, as a player. Um, he's got the Express United T&E Nebraska program. He's got Sharif Mitchell, Darnell Mitchell, C.J. Mitchell, not in that order. Uh, and Prince, who is at Elkhorn North, who burst onto the some I saw mean. Some <laughs> saw it coming. Some saw it coming uh, with her daughter, Brett, at Elkhorn North. Uh, one of the coolest logos. It's awesome. Maybe in the state. Uh, Andy Markowski, who has got who coaches uh, in a select program that has a multitude of kids. The only coach that I've ever heard say in his household, oldest wins. Yeah. That's how they divvy up going to games. I don't know if that would fly in anybody else's house <laughs> other than the Markowskis. Uh, and then my guy, the legend, Larry Martin, who a multi-time state winner, uh, who's coached three of his kiddos that's crazy and uh can pick his brain not only are they great coaches in their own right but community leaders i think mm-hmm. that's kind of why we why are we doing this? we picked them right yeah mm-hmm. uh josh let me start with you um only because i don't know i i just we're gonna start with you <laughs> heck of a run at, at 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 omaha creighton prep a guy that uh it's interesting because you're a football guy that has turned into a fantastic basketball sc- coach. You've, you're back at the school in which you played, thrived, part of five consecutive state championships in football. Quickly, kind of walk us through what that's been like as you've evolved into the kind of program that you have over there at Creighton Prep. 
Wow. Um, well, it, it's, it's been a journey for sure. I mean, you know, when, when the job came open um, 19 years ago, um, you know, usually as high schools do, you have to have positions open to, you know, hire good people, good coaches. And, um, you know, at the time the job came open, we did not have a ton of teaching positions open. Um, and, and I probably should start back with this. I started coaching basketball because when Coach Hawk was here, nobody wanted to be the B team coach. And I'm like, hey, Coach Hawk, I'll do it. I got nothing else going on. Let's, I'll help you out. And uh, so he, he hired me. Um, and then when Coach Hawk left, Reggie Morris took the varsity job and he couldn't find a JV coach. And, um, you know, Reggie and I were pretty good friends. And um, I told Reggie, hey, I'll do it. Why not? You know, I've done B team. It can't be that much more difficult just moving up a couple levels. So that's, that's kind of how I got my start. And then when R- Reggie left um, and they went into the interview process, I kind of was just like, why not? Like, why not me? Um, basketball has always been something I enjoyed. I think I played football because, um, it created opportunities for me, um, you know, at prep and then also at UNO, um, with scholarships and such. But I think my heart was always with basketball. Um, I loved football, but uh, I don't know if my heart was there, but when the basketball job came open, um, I, I just said, why not me? So I applied, um, went through the interview process and, Tom Deneen, our AD back then, gave me the opportunity to be the head coach. Um, and I probably, you know, it's not in my character to do this, Damon, but um, there were a lot of people that doubted me. And there were a lot of people that doubted prep. And why are you hiring this football guy? And we got quite a few interesting emails and hard copies because you could send hard <laughs> copies back then. Right. So I, I have a folder of about 100 dislikes for me and maybe one folder of one copy of likes for me. Wow. Um, but I, I kind of use that not as motivation, but I use it as a tool to say, how can I turn this program around? Because at that point, no one really kind of thought we could do anything. And, and could we change the culture in the program to a winning culture? And I mean, it took two tough years. We went, uh, what, six and 13 my first year. We went nine and 11 my second year. Uh, and then we kind of kicked the door down my third year and got to the state finals. So from there, it just was kind of, I wouldn't say easy sailing, but um, it became much clearer that um, I kind of knew what I was doing. Now, I also take this approach. I don't always proclaim even to this day, 19 years in that I know everything. Um, I've been very blessed to have great coaches, um, great, great, you know, kids, kids that believe in what we do. Um, they believe in how we want to get it done and, and they've worked. And, and that's the one thing. And, and I think I said this last week when you and I talked privately, um, it's been more about the work we put into it than, than anything else to develop that culture. So, you know, over these last 19 years, the things we needed to improve on was the belief that we could get it done to how we worked to get it done. We, we had to work better and harder. Um, and then three, it wasn't, you know, we're not the team that it's about one guy or two guys. It's about 13 guys. And um, I, I think that's why we've become so successful. You know, you look at our state tournament teams, if you did the research, my first seven years we went we took a different group every year. It was, we didn't have two or three holdovers every year going to the state tournament. It was a new group each year. 
Now, in this last seven that we've gone, um, you know, you could say that there's been two-year guys that have been on those teams, but um, we really just kind of start from scratch around this time and really just start the process over over again about developing our guys, um, creating that culture of championship belief, and, and getting them to play the way we wanted to. Coach Prince, let me jump over to you real quick because I'm, I'm curious because I kind of know – um, Coach Martin's story, so I'm going to save him for last. When did you know that coaching, especially at the high school level, was what you wanted to do? Well, you know, I've coached for quite a while. Um, just been a head coach, though, for one year. Um, I guess I knew I wanted to coach way back when I was probably in elementary school. I always loved coaching. and uh, PE teacher is kind of what I wanted to do. I always wanted to do that. I just kind of took a long path, I guess, to get to the head coaching gig. But, you know, I um, played under Joanne Brocker, who is one of the winningest coaches in the, in the country, 700 victories at Midland. Um, and, you know, people maybe some people don't even know about her, but uh, she was a legend, really pioneer of the game. And I coached there with her, played for her, and then coached there and, and just kind of really got comfortable um, there and stayed on. And then, you know, kind of life happens because um, I always thought oh, I want to be a head coach, but I wasn't in a big hurry, especially when you're playing or working in a great program that's highly successful. Uh, so I stuck around there and then, you know, had had a child and then had a second child and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, not making a lot of money, a couple thousand dollars to coach in a small college. And my husband was making the money. So I, I stepped away for about six years then to raise the two babies. Um, and then at that time, it was like, man, I got to get back in this. It, uh, I just missed it a lot. It's always been where my heart was in the coaching aspect. But um, when you're a mother probably and or a father, uh, that tugs at the heart a lot too. And there's some things that I, I wasn't willing to miss. Um, so I got out of it six years and then I actually went back to Midland for two years. And then uh, Tony Wynott in Fremont wanted me to be his assistant. So I thought, you know what, let's try this high school gig. It's less time, you know, the college scene, you got to help out with the recruiting, um, even at the small college level. And you're on the road a little bit more. So I thought, you know, if we could do this high school gig, there'll be less time away from the family. I thought that looked like a, a good opportunity. And then it just things kind of evolved. Um, end up in Elkhorn as an assistant then for a couple of years. And at that point, you know, I kind of knew I wanted to be a head coach. I was just going to wait for a, a really good opportunity. And then uh, – Elkhorn North was opening up a new school, and I always thought the Elkhorn system would be a great one to get in. Um, and I was lucky enough to get hired there at, at Elkhorn North. So uh, I took kind of the long road, uh, but it was never about being a head coach or assistant really. It didn't matter to me that much. I always knew eventually I wanted to be a head coach. But coaching is coaching, especially when you're with good people and you're winning and and that um, – it was just fun to be a part of so many good programs. And uh, Joanne Brocker and Tony Wynott, Jennifer Rogge are three people who really helped me along the way uh, and all outstanding coaches that I've had the opportunity to learn from. 
Alvin and Andy, she said something that was really, really interesting. She said, you know, parenting comes with, um, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. I'll start with you guys, Alvin and Andy, or in either order. How hard was it to go from the parenting aspect, kind of these 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 careers, to where you thought or knew you were going to get into coaching? Did you start because you felt like it was a way to stay close to your kids? Does it, did it start because you felt like it was a way to be better for your kids? How did it start with guys that got started relatively young in the game? It was a little uh, – I'll just go ahead and start first. It was a little different for me because – um, I was uh, asked to actually coach someone's kid, McKenna, uh, coach McKenna asked me to coach his kid. And I got into it or whatnot. It was, it was just something I was just doing or whatever and kill time on the weekends or whatever. My boys were, were, were younger yeah. uh, at that point in time. Yeah. So I get coached him and whatnot. Then I, it just kind of kept going and coached another year. Then I was asked to help out uh, with a organization in North Oklahoma, Oklahoma Warriors. Uh, I helped uh, coach there and whatnot, and then my sons are actually playing in that organization. Um, and then I wanted to kind of give my boys a little bit more of a push. So then I did personally start coaching, and that's kind of where I started my own organization and whatnot. But it didn't even start actually as me trying to start an organization. It started as just having one team, and next thing I know, I had more kids coming um, to join, and I never was about like – cutting kids or anything like that or whatever. So, or turning kids away. So I started the next team and the next team. And next thing I knew, I had about 17 teams or whatnot. Um, but we all wish it was that easy. Andy's yeah. laughing at you. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it just all showed up one day. <laughs> it it kind of worked. It really did kind of work like that or whatnot. I mean, but as far as like coaching my kids, it was, it was totally different. I think I told Damon, um, I think I coached my oldest son so hard that I think he got burnt out. Um, I mean, it was always talking basketball and it got old or whatever. And it taught me as a parent to, to go through a different Avenue with my other two. So with Sharif, I only, with Sharif and CJ, I only talk basketball in the car. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about basketball in the house. Um, now Sharif no longer I'm taking to games and you know, whatever. So, you know, we'll talk before the game or whatnot. Um, but it's a, probably a five minute discussion about basketball. You know, uh, like I said, uh, my oldest son, I, I, I really felt it was just maybe the best basketball. athlete, right? Oh uh, yeah. But I think he didn't get it until after high school, you know, and that's when he really became good. And, he would go and play pickup at UNO or whatnot, and some some people were like, "Man, you should get back into it." And he was just, "Nah, I'm good. I I really don't want to do all that or whatnot." And and I know that I was a part of that. Mm. Andy, yeah, I want to stay with that because I'm going to ask Coach Martin uh, to dovetail off of that. Andy, what about you? Well, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I actually got out of coaching for my kids' sake. You know, I, I was coaching college basketball for for seven years, and you know, my my wife with our second Addison and just really wasn't comfortable with where that was going to take our family having to move, you know, multiple times to, to keep climbing the coaching ladder. So I made the tough decision to, to walk away from college basketball, to come back home, you know, be around our support staff. You know, our parents are are still in the area. 
And then, you know, just kind of milled around the game. He was coaching a, a boys group uh, just with some people I worked with, a little like Alvin, just kind of got roped in because I was passionate about it. Started doing the, the color on TV and radio, had an opportunity to get out with ESPN, had an opportunity to officiate. Or at that point, I, Addison and Alexis were getting to the age to play. So I, I you know, I bet on the kids. I just, I, I said I wanted to help them uh, develop and grow. Um, there was certainly a need for, you know, more focus on girls basketball in Lincoln. Um, we, you know, had Ava coming along. So I, I had three daughters and I'm like, well, at this point I'm all in. I, I've, I've got three daughters coming up. I, I might as well jump in with both feet and have been with the lasers. So you know, kind of a roundabout way to, to, to get back into it. And then obviously follow Alexis kind of back into into the high school opportunity with Pius going through a coaching change three years ago and Ryan approaching me about, you know, getting getting back involved, which, I you know, I was a little nervous because it was going to take away from from our younger, you know, kids at the time, right? You know, everybody knows the hours that, that you know, Coach Ludke and, and Ann puts in at the, at the high school level. But um, the one thing that I knew how to do was be assistant. So I kind of – told Coach Basota to be happy to support that. So, you know, kind of full circle, and, you know, here we are later with with our kids really passionate about basketball. Coach Martin, um, your wife knew she was marrying a coach. That's what you wanted to do. It was a little kind of more the traditional route. As you're coming from Bergen to North, you can start where you want to. How important was your experience as a, as a coach player when you see your oldest son and Zach, who will get to that, or you can, is, who was highly successful, that you had an impact in his life as a coach. Yeah, coach, it was it was the same thing there. You know, after you uh, you move on through this, uh, one thing that you do know with Mari, my wife, is uh, she definitely had a plan B. And if coach was going to be too hard on the boys, uh, there was no doubt about that. And uh, you know, so I think that that was uh, one thing that I learned. But you know, I would tell you that going back to that initial conversation about that, I remember being a young coach and, and being in the Centennial Conference and going against. Matt Terman when he was a senior in high school and watching his dad massage that relationship and then obviously coaching against Seth and stuff. I remember asking Tim how difficult that would be, you know, as a young, you know, my boys were just being born then, uh, you know, and asking, and he gave me some really good insights and, uh, and uh, you know, and talking to him about that and what a great uh, coach he is and a great ambassador for all coaches and, and sports and stuff like that. So, you know, um, you know, just bringing the boys down, I think it validated what I, what I was all about down here at North that, that, um, you know, it's a, it's a great institution, a great community. And, and, uh, but, you know, I had to have, you know, Mari's support to do that. And, uh, you know, my boys embraced it. You know, I would just tell you that as each boy went through there and obviously you were here when all of them were here, um, you know, maybe a little bit harder on Zach, um, initially, I remember chewing his butt one time when he was being a kid and in the huddle and, and then, uh, and I told myself I'd never let that happen with my other two boys. And it never happened again with Zach, uh, where I was harder on him than I was on other kids. And so I think I, just being open-minded to understand that I, I did something out of characteristic that I wouldn't do to another kid that I did to my own son and recognizing that myself and feeling absolutely terrible about doing that. Um, uh, you know, and, and, uh, but uh, no, that, that's what I would just tell you with me, coach. It was a great, great run for 10 years and, and I enjoyed it uh, with all three of them. Uh, and um, it's just been a good ride. 
part of the reason we picked a panel is because we think that that each of your when it's not like we know everyone the same or as well but they seem like the type of kids you could equally ask to babysit as you could to go win you a game right and 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 so we we're, we're trying to get inside of that and and Josh and I just want to go round robin you weren't really afforded the luxury of trial and error right you Kyle didn't play early uh, you watched him develop he's got to come home to you he's your oldest kind of walk us through the evolution of 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 coaching your kids as you're trying to emphasize how you want your program to be and how you want your kids to be as people. Well, I mean, I think for me and what it was like with Kyle is in, in Alvin would know this is, you know, I got a little bit of a head start with coaching him because, um, you know, one, I was probably second grade and we were at the YMCA and I ran into coach Barron's who, Roman was playing in a game at the same time Kyle was playing. And, and we started talking uh, about putting together a team. And, and we actually coached our sons from third grade up until they entered high school. So having that ability to, to get to coach with Coach Barons and, and a lot of the kids that, you know, like a Roman and, you know, um, Sharif was with us uh, a little bit as well. And, and having Kyle – helped us so that when they went to high school, I think we had a pretty good understanding, but I'll tell you what really made the difference for me was the time Kyle could walk, he would come to practices. Um, and he knew what we were trying to build at prep from a culture standpoint of like, Hey, this is about us as a team. This is about you as a player developing and you're going to work for everything you get. Um, you know, the one thing, and, and I don't want to get off topic here, but the one thing my father taught me um, was you got to work. You, you got to work at stuff. You can't be given anything. And, and when I started coaching, that was my mindset of if you're that good, come and prove it to me. And, and I'll give you the opportunity, but you got to earn it. I'm not just going to hand something to you. You've got to take it from me. And I think Kyle was seeing that from a young age all the way till he came to prep. I mean, I sat down with Kyle his eighth grade year and his mother. And like coach Martin said, um, I'm sure my wife, Julie had a plan B, but um, <laughs> I said, Hey dude, if you're not good enough, I'm cutting you um, point blank. Like I'm not trying to be mean, but when when you coach at a place like prep and I'm sure this is like everywhere, the eyes are magnitude. It gets bigger and bigger. And that scope, you, you, you got to play kids who, have earned the right to play. And, and I feel like I've done that now. Kyle, he, he didn't play a ton his freshman year. He, you know, we, he played a little bit. He played a lot as a, as a sophomore kind of on JV. And we had a heart to heart after his, his JV year as a sophomore and said, Hey, if this is what you want, here's what you got to do. And it starts with your work ethic. And from that moment on, you know, and, and, and I, I'll tell you this, the dude is in the gym 24 seven. And, and he played with a chip on his shoulder because, you know, he had something to prove. And I think he proved his junior and senior year how good of a player he, he is um, or was. And I think he's kind of carried that same chip onto Omaha and played with that same passion. And I think people are starting to see, like, hey, maybe this kid belongs. But um, as, as I would say, 
I would welcome anybody to come to my practice um, because I think people think I'm like in there yelling, throwing chairs, um, cursing kids out. That's, that's not what our practice is about. Our practice is, is teaching, whether it's skills, whether it's offense, defense, but it's all teaching. Mike's been at our practices and our kids have a lot of fun and we laugh. I mean, how can you not have fun with guys like the Buckleys and AJ Rollins and Maj Wiley and Justin city, and even going back to guys like Nate Chiminitz and Drew Homa. Yeah. There's times where you got to be tough on them and you got to say, Hey, this isn't good enough. But our practices are really about educating our guys, one, how to be better players, but two, you know, how do you handle these life situations? Because in jobs, you you can't just walk in and say, okay, I want to be president of this company before I've done anything. Right. And, and, you know, think about this situation. I hate to keep going back to it, but it's, it's new, but Friday, the day after my father had passed, like, do I try to hide from my team what had happened, knowing that they know, or do I approach them as a group and say, hey, sometimes life is going to be unfair and sometimes life is going to kick you in the gut and it's going to hurt, but you got to get up and you got to move on. You got to go to work and, and you have a responsibility to do, do what we need to do to do on that day. And I told them that day, like, hey, dudes, when I get on that bus at five o'clock, you're probably going to see a lot of emotions from now until five but this is something we have to do as a team and don't do it because you want to do it for my father. Or you want to do it for me, do it because this is your time to shine and it's your moment to excel. And, and I said, when I get on that bus at five o'clock, this is about you guys. We're going to go down there. We're going to try and get a job done. So I, I think my point is this. I, I've always said we want to build a winning culture through hard work, but we also want to teach them life lessons. Um, Damon, you probably know this. I've spent, you know, in this whole COVID world of, of a year of being stuck on online, I can't tell you the number of podcasts that I've listened to. Um, but I really, the guy I really have been drawing to is really Buzz Williams. And what Buzz Williams tries to do with his players about teaching life lessons every day. I've probably watched every one of his podcasts, every one of his two to three minute videos over and over asking myself, how can I make my kids better? What can I do to help them understand what's going on currently? How can we be better down the road? Um, not just in basketball, but in life. So long story short, I mean, that's kind of what I, where I've been. And with Kyle, I don't think I've ever really yelled at him because like I told you, we, we try not to yell as much in practice. We try to educate and teach. Coach Prince, how fine a line was it? Uh, the maternal role, knowing pretty early on, you probably have a budding superstar the delicate balance of life lessons as a parent and, 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 and achieving and maximizing on the court. Yeah. Well, I started coaching Brett when she was probably about four or five. I mean, they had a little YMCA league pre-kindergarten started coaching her then. Um, she just loved the game early on. Um, and I was always a big proponent of mastering fundamental skills. And that was always what I was about. And that was kind of the seed that I wanted to plant with her and all of the other kids that I was coaching is, you know, get them to understand the game, understand the fundamentals. And at the same time, uh, work ethic. Okay. Like Josh said, you've got to have a strong work ethic. You got to have that burning desire. Um, and you've got to be a great kid. You got to be humble and you got to be hardworking and you got to be a great teammate. I think I, you know, from early on I tried to establish that with, 
not only Britt, but all the other kids that I coached along with her. Um, so I think all those things, like Coach said, are what's going to lead you to be not only a great player, but a good human being as well. And I think it all just kind of goes hand in hand. It's a lot of teaching. Um, but I think most any coach around has a little fire in their belly. And yes, I've had those times where I've been much tougher on my own kid than probably on other people. And there's a fine line and a balance. Uh, but uh, she also understands that there's going to be some high expectations. And I think when you have um, some talent, um, that the expectations sometimes are a little bit higher uh, and how you perform and what you do daily and practice. Um, you've got you've to be at that standard every day. Um, and at times, you know, fair or not fair, uh, you might be just slightly harder on them. But I try to do a good job of balancing that out, and I talk to my assistant coaches about that. And I'm really blessed to have some great assistants on my staff, Tony Wynott, who's been a head coach a long time, and um, a couple other young young gals, Laura uh, Dishler, Lindsay Schlosser, and they are really – they do a great job of giving some of that positive praise when uh, once in a while maybe they're going to hear a little bit more of, you know, what needs to be done better from me. But there's definitely a balance, and I'm more about the teaching aspect. Um, but I do have a, a standard where I expect a, a certain level of effort uh, every day in practice. Um, and, and we're not going to apologize for that, but at the same time, try to find that, that balance of really building the kids up and, um, having them be high character kids with great work ethic. Uh, for your next three, uh, in any order you like varying talent levels of your kiddos, multiple players still in trying to instill the same values tough especially as a parent i'm learning and writing as you guys will talk varying degrees of talent levels between the kiddos yet finding a common benchmark as a baseline coach martin you want to take that one first um yeah i had three boys and and i would just say that you know the the important thing is to me as i reflected back on it is matching my um not necessarily passion or what have you but just to their interest level I would tell you just watching all three of my boys and if you take a step back a little bit um, that um, you know it it varied between the three of them and that was a little bit challenging for dad maybe at times not that they all didn't care not that they all they all worked extremely hard and and what have you but um, I think that the bar was set extremely high for them with the first one uh, and, um, you know, I, 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 I openly tell this to our football team all the time is, is that, uh, and obviously you were a part of that game, but my, my oldest boy was very similar to what uh, I'm sure Ann and, and, uh, uh, Josh were talking about. Zach was at everything. I mean, he was the only boy, right. And so he, he, the only child, so he went to everything with me. And, um, and so ball boy all the way through coach him in flag football in Fremont when I lived out there, coach him in basketball. So we did everything together. And then, you know, uh, so little bit not different relationship just you know managing the two boys as they got older so 
you know, the, the bar was set extremely high, you know, with him. Uh, I still refer to it all the time. You were there at the game, Lincoln Southeast, probably the game that uh-huh. has catapulted our program over any other pro or not any other, pro, any other team that I've had here at North, because it got us to believe that we, we could play uh, either as Omaha North, or I would argue at times, even as the Omaha public schools in the state championship football games. And uh, what he did at the end of that game with the poise that he showed and took us down the field, audible out of a play, got the team. And uh, we probably, you know, Lincoln Southeast was going to try to, they were the defending state champion and put us in a position to win that football game, uh, you know, was a, was a big thing for our program uh, to get to the state championship. You were a part of it. You witnessed it. You saw it. And then, we all um, can see what happened from that particular situation, but it was, but the other boys were there as well. And they saw that. So I think that at times they kind of wanted to live up to that. Then we never really talked about it, but um, you know, to me, as I reflect back on it, even in the multiple, multiple sports, you know, Zach played football, basketball and baseball. Grant played football, uh, basketball and ran track. And then Carter played football and uh, just did the track, you know, so just massaging that, you know, making sure, you know, that they were all comfortable. But that's where it was with me is it's just more so being in the right mindset when I was talking to them to to say the right things and not over overdoing it to where their potential interest level might be. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Andy? Yeah, so same challenge. Obviously, Alexis has set the bar, you know, really high for, for her first <laughs> things, but – you know, as, as we, you know, talk to our kids and, and all the time through even Alexis's experience, you know, I never really got into the, you know, the winning or losing, you know, we talked about leadership, you know, did you lead, you know, what are practice habits? What, what does that look like? You know, who is practicing hard? Who isn't, you know, so you try to, to educate them on some of those peripheral things that will, will carry over to, you know, whatever sport, you know, they pursue uh, and, and choose, you know, Alexis, we, you know, she was a great swimmer growing up. So you, re, you know, you really didn't define their, their path. You know, they, they kind of figure out those motivations, but, you know, concern that we have is, you know, our youngest two have been really fortunate, you know, they've been along for the ride. They've been on social media with their sister's success. And, you know, they need to realize that there was a lot of hard work that, that went into those opportunities and, you know, you hope that they don't skip a step, you know, along the way and think that that's going to happen for them just because they've experienced with their older siblings. So we're, we're trying to manage that as a, you know, as my wife and I, and just make sure that they have the same work ethic and not missing a step because, you know, we all know on this call, our, our kids are only successful because of their environments and the work that they, they put into it. And, and that, that's led to, to the success. Alvin. I think pretty much everyone uh, kind of hit hit home as far as what everything it kind of said, as far as it, it relates to, to to me and mine. Um, my oldest son, it was kind of a ball was placed in his hands. And the other two, they just wanted it. They really just kind of wanted to, to play and embrace it and whatnot. Um, like I said, it was easier for me as, as the boys got older, as I got older, as I was around other people's kids and whatnot. Um, it became easier and easier for me to actually let go, you know, and not try to do so much coaching as far as with, you know, with the kids and whatnot. Um, like Josh, Josh actually coached Sharif for a couple of years and whatnot, um, which was a really good deal, you know, for him to get away from me and hear another, uh, a totally another ear or whatnot. And I was never one to just kind of like be all over my boys. 
Um, it was all about if you want to play after a while, you want to play. If you don't, then you don't have to. But basketball is a huge thing with inside the Mitchell family. And it's everyone knows it starts with my dad. I mean, like, yeah. he runs his mouth all the time about basketball and whatnot <laughs> and what he used to do or whatever. Um, so it's just totally different. Um, and, Damon, you, you, you know this. When I used to have practices with Darnell, I never had to ask Sharif, did he want to come? Like, when we're, running, when we're going to the car, he's, like, the first one in the car. When practices was going on, we would have to tell Sharif, stop shooting the ball while we're talking. Yeah. You know, when it, when it was over with, you saw him. He was the kid still shooting when everyone was like, let's go. So, same thing like when Andy was talking about his, now my youngest son sees that. And he understands, like, there's nothing to be given to you. Nothing at all. Um, so, you have to have a work ethic. Uh, if you really want to succeed. And it's not just in basketball, it's in life. And that's the thing I pretty much teach with inside the organization. Um, everything that we do or whatever, especially for the kids that I coach, I coach a lot of kids from North Omaha, whatever you want in life, you're going to have, a, have to have a work ethic. There, there is absolutely nothing given to you. So that's pretty much uh, how it's been. And real quick for you, you, you coached with Tony or for Tony now for a long time. And having him kind of, this is called playing it forward. He now you're kind of now you're his boss, if you will. How uh, that relationship, I guess, is pretty special for you. I, I would imagine because he gave you the shot, right? For sure. Um, yeah, it's quite an interesting scenario. You know, I was his assistant for four years, and um, you know, he kind of gave me that shot in the high school realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me have a lot of say uh, there when I was coaching for him. And I'll forever be indebted to him for that. And then, you know, when I got this job at Elkhorn North, he was the first person that I thought of. And I thought, gosh, if I, if I can be lucky enough to get him on my staff. And uh, he was very excited about it and without hesitation wanted wanted to do that. And uh, it's been great, you know, the role reversal. I mean, he's been a head coach, obviously, a long, long time. He's head coach of a boys program and girls. Um, so his wealth of knowledge has helped me tremendously. Um, we have a very good relationship where, you know, he can openly tell me uh, what he thinks and uh, we bounce ideas off of each other. And just like he listened to me when, when I was his assistant, uh, I l- listened to him. Now, do we always agree on everything? No. I mean, there's going to be times where, you know, I'm going to do it the way I think so. And sometimes he can convince me to do it his way. And uh, we will come up with that just like we did when I was his assistant. So I think I, I never wanted a coach that just agreed with everything I said, because you got to, you got to be challenged. There's always a different way to do things. And um, yeah, I'm really lucky to have that relationship where you basically have two head coaches um, and we've got each other's backs and we both see different things, but also work very, very well together. And there's never a feeling of, you know, he's trying to take over. I wasn't trying to take over as his assistant. It was just working together. And I think it's really great for the, for the girls to see that relationship too. And to understand that, you know, you don't always have to uh, make every decision and you can work together uh, to come up with different strategies and so forth. And I think it's also good for them to, you know, kind of see that, 
female and male um, role models and, and to see both, both sides of it. So it's been great. All right. That was part one of playing it forward with some exceptional coaches, parents, uh, former athletes, uh, great insight from those guys and uh, pretty awesome. So uh, look for part two where we dive a little more into social media versus what makes the coaches tick as a parent and a coach. Yeah, does rising tide lift all boats or are there built-in checks and balances? Maybe both. Probably both. Social media, is that checks and balances? Maybe. We'll see. Stick around. Part two, it's playing it forward. Thanks for listening. Pod drops on Thursday. You guys are the best. A Huda Media Production.